you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Gillisley again carries it this time, and there is an official touchdown. Smith winds up, goes deep downfield, and getting free is Tyreek Hill to give Kansas City the lead. And Smith... He fires deep, and that's going to be caught on the run by Kareem Hunt inside the 20, inside the 10, all the way for a Kansas City touchdown to tie the game. 21 now. Hand off to West, wow. and West breaks free into the end zone. He goes for a touchdown. Down six points early in the fourth quarter, the Kansas City Chiefs ripped off 21 unanswered points to stun the defending Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. The final 42-27 to in a game in which Alex Smith badly outplayed Tom Brady and rookie Kareem Hunt announced himself as an instant star. Whoa! Dan Hans is here, joined by, as luck would have it, for me anyway, <laughs> two of the biggest Patriots fans I know, Erica Tamposi behind the glass. How you doing there? What, she gets, first, she gets top Billy now? Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, you're not a dead supporter, Greg. Yeah, come on. How you doing, Elsie? I'm fine. Okay, cool. And uh, to my right, Greggy Rosenthal. Oh, Greggy, what happened tonight? Woo! Well, I I heard all off season that, you know, save football. You know, it's so <laughs> boring. Nothing surprising ever happens. Woo! So this is what happens. This is why football, professional football, is uh, the best sport because you don't know what's going to happen in, in so many Different things happen in this game, but but the number one was that the Chiefs showed up, and the the Patriots aren't unbeatable. And something that I talked about a lot on this show, coming into this game and really in the offseason, that their front seven and their defense has some things that are going to need to be worked out. Came up in in a big big way in this game. This was a grisly uh, performance by Matt Patricia's defense. Five hundred and thirty-seven total yards for the Chiefs. That is the worst performance by a Belichick era defense 42 points also the worst ever for a Belichick team the only time uh, they were close to this bag was of course a couple of years ago against the Chiefs in KC when they gave up 41 
uh, in a 41-14 loss. Of course, Greg, before we get too excited about the throne of Sleaze crashing down, that Patriots team figured it out and never lost another game after September 29th. There's going to be a lot of talk in New England. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of panic in New England about this game, but also the same uh, type of uh, reasoning that makes sense. All right, Bill's going to figure this out. He always does. Tom will play better, and things will get back on track. But it doesn't change the fact that this is a disturbing loss to open the season. Absolutely. And the defense really struggling is going to somewhat overshadow Tom Brady, you know, completing less than 50% of, oh, of his passes. And I think the the worst narrative that came up over the last week or two was that they're not going to miss Julian Edelman that much. Now, that could have been a little more true if they didn't also lose Malcolm Mitchell for the season, but suddenly that's two of your top four. Malcolm, They don't win the Super Bowl without Malcolm Mitchell. Suddenly that's two of your top four, and you're running Amendola out there more than you want to. Hogan is kind of you know, working as a he was threat. And, and disappeared tonight. And Cooks, and it's just it's not enough depth, and they're just figuring out timing. It's week one. It's not anything to go too crazy about. They didn't lose this game because of their offense. They, they lost it because of their defense and because they couldn't pick up Short yardage, two fourth downs, fourth and ones. They pick up those two plays. It's a different game. Totally different game. On the Kansas City side of things, first, the bad news. Eric Berry suffered an Achilles injury uh, late in the game, and from all indications, it looks like it could be a season-ending injury, which is a terrible, terrible setback for that defense. He is the heart and soul of that defense, uh, so we'll, uh, that is expected to be official, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but the good news is Alex Smith, yeah, Brady, had a, a, not a good statistical game, 16 of 36, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, but Alex Smith, I mean, this guy has taken a lot of knocks, both in this room and uh, in the football cognoscenti. <laughs> but today, 28 of 35, 368, 10 and a half yards per attempt, four touchdowns, no picks. That's a 148.6 passer rating. And when you combine that type of Alex Smith performance with what Kareem Hunt did, who uh, went 200, 250 total yards, which is a uh, rookie record for an NFL debut. I mean, that's outrageous. Literally what the best show. debut of all time. What a showing. I mean, it was the perfect, perfect game uh, for Kansas City, and, and, and it's an important one. It's the biggest win in the Andy Reid era for the Chiefs, and it, it is a, a statement win. And you know I love statement wins, Greg. But Kansas City says, we're starting the season going into Foxborough on opening night when we were supposed to be the sacrificial lambs, and we embarrassed the Patriots in their building. Oh, Erica, they embarrassed the Pats in their building. Oh. Tim Posey's learning a little lesson in uh, professionalism. I learned this back uh, the Super Bowl when they blew the 18-0 and uh, when had to write immediately afterwards and get on camera. That that was tough. So Tim Posey's taking yeah, this tough. But you've got to enjoy it as a, as a football fan. What the Chiefs said, I like when people prove you wrong, and he quieted the Patrick Mahomes talk, Alex Smith, and Kareem Hunt, to me, was the bigger factor because we we know who Alex Smith is overall. I don't think one game changes him as a quarterback, but Kareem Hunt is a guy that can be a a foundation piece of the offense who can break tackles, who can make you miss in the hole, and showed on that touchdown catch, a 78-yarder, that he can be a good receiver, too. And and it was a matchup. This is not a normal matchup for Bill Belichick. It's going against one of the best offensive play callers of the last 25 years. And Andy Reid has had some great games as Chiefs coach calling plays, and, and he dialed up some beauties tonight. And it was 
it was really and we'll, we'll watch this over at West Manor with uh, with the Sizzler and the Paramore and the Paramore's mom and just to see the the Patriots basically break down at the end of the game. I'm not saying they quit, but clearly at the end of the game they were just they had been beat and they and and they scored the final touchdown for the Chiefs was a two-play 79-yard drive with just two runs, and then Brady took two sacks in the subsequent drive, and then they punted it away from their old wow. goal, own goal line. It was so uncharacteristic, and it is ironic because the last time you saw the Patriots look this bad, besides 28-3 in February, I guess, would be against the Chiefs um, three years ago. Well, a couple of things on that. Chris Collinsworth kept saying, you know, they're not playing the guys that they're used to having out there. Now, that's true because they have a lot of new players on both sides of the ball. But it wasn't like there was a deluge of injuries. They lost Donta Hightower, and we'll see if that knee injury is significant. He is the most irreplaceable player on the defense. But the rest of the problems were really just from guys that, that are new to the team or, you know, Stefan Gilmore maybe got mixed up on that Tyreek Hill touchdown peers that he thought he was going to yep. help. So that was communication. But these are guys that are going to be important parts of their team. It wasn't because of injuries that they were falling apart. And you mentioned the Super Bowl. I mean, this was a this was like the reverse of the Super Bowl. Not as dramatic, but 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter for the Chiefs. And the Patriots' offensive drives. Their offense really was not bad for most of the night. Their offensive drives in the fourth quarter. Four drives, two first downs, three punts, and a turnover on downs. So that was exactly like the Falcons in the fourth quarter. And it's just going to help old Billy Belichick, who loves to give the message, this isn't last year's team. We're not defending every anything. You're starting from scratch. And he has some great proof after this game. Stunning. Stunning stuff. By the way, and we got we have a whole – we have to get up to all the games in a second with uh, Mark Seltzer joining us as well. But, Erica, this is a hard lesson about working at the NFL. Um that happened, I remember when the Jets lost to Rex Ryan in Week 17 a couple of years ago to cost us the playoffs, and then I had to come into the studio and do a whole show when I just wanted to curl, curl, curl up in a ball and just die. And I know you feel that way right now, but don't worry. She's wearing Things a going to be better the next day. This is not a joke. It's always tomorrow. She is wearing a Dammy, Danny Amendola jersey, who unfortunately had a, suffered a concussion in this game. A lot of injuries. He's doing okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Can I, read my, can I say my facts now? You got facts? Let's hear oh, facts. Oh, I got, I got facts. Okay. okay the last, and we got to go. Yeah. The last three times the Patriots <laughs> lost the season opener in 2001, 2003, and 2014, we won all three Super Bowls. So I'm just saying. You're saying the sun will come out tomorrow? Tomorrow. Unless it doesn't. Whoo! All right. And Posty going with the big we. <laughs> the royal we in a big spot. All right. So, yeah, that's it. 42-27. Chiefs win. Let's get into the rest of the game. It's our week one preview episode. The Around the NFL podcast is expected to be ready to start week one. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast brought to you by Head & Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler to my left. Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? Hey, now. It is here. Finally. And you just heard at the top of the show, we recapped the Patriots-Chiefs opener on Thursday night. And um, we're going to go through the rest of the games now. That's what today's show. This is the Thursday show on the Around the NFL podcast. We'll go through each and every game on the schedule and let's figure it out. Okay. Chiefs and Patriots played. Dolphins and Bucks postponed. 
minus 4 equals 28. 28 divided by 2, 14 games to talk about. Nailed it. That's I'm sharp because I'm ready for a new season. Are you feeling nervous at all to do this show? I feel the like math, we I was haven't done a, a Thursday preview show in quite some time. I'm feeling a little, little, feeling some nerves. We've done this for so many years now. We're just like hamsters on a wheel mm. here at, on some level, I guess. You know, I have, I have no nerves. You? Feeling a little nervous. Oh, well, that's not, that's not a bad thing. That, that's how you should feel. I think once that doesn't happen, it just means you're like phoning in. Yeah, or, that's, were you the that, guy? That was you, a little bit of a shot at you, Dan. Yeah, I know. Uh, were you one of those guys that before the big football game you'd be thrown up in the, the trash can? Uh, typically not, because I mean, unless waves of humans were hurt, I wasn't going to be playing. <laughs> the old weren't you on the offensive line? Almost impossibly. No, I was a running back actually uh, in Pop Warner. But as soon as I attempted high school football, which lasted for about a year and a half, they made me a cornerback, and I was like, I don't do defense. <laughs> I like to know what the play is, and they try to please respond and react to other people, and I, it was a disaster. I don't, you know, I love you, Mark, but the one thing uh, I don't see you as is like a quick twitch corner. Well, oh, I thought that's gonna, accurate that I, I never gonna, achieved that at all. I you were going to say athletic. That's, no, Mark no, has I was his athletic. moments. He has his moments, you know, and uh, he doesn't like the parlor games, but we'll, we'll, we want to hold As a running so. back, I scored, I, was, I would be what you'd call a short yardage back in the Pop Warner circles. Speaking of, I mean, really? we might as well throw the pop in. We're going to be playing a little parlor games on NFL Pick'em. The Pick'em Show is back. Damashek is on the show, his whole program. You know, move the sticks, but you're really watching for the Around the NFL podcast. couple of seconds, Obviously. and one of them, we're playing some cornhole. Yeah, it's going to be on Friday and Saturday. Check your, check your local listings and uh, – it's an hour long this year, so if you liked the show last year and it's 22-minute um, version with commercials, uh, you'll like this one even better. We're going to be outside. We're going to be out and about. We're going to be playing some corn. We're going to be at the bar. Uh, you're on the NFL podcast. Things happening. Are we getting some measure of respect inside the building? I'm not going to go that far, but this is a nice opportunity. I mean, if you're one of the people that liked it at 22 minutes and didn't need any more, <laughs> well, we can't help you there either. Okay, so. Do we have anything to get us to, or should we just get into the games? Let's get into the games. Let's do it. I'm excited. Let's get into the rest of the games. Erica, let's let's fly. Professional football in America is a special game. A unique game. Played nowhere else on earth. It is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a I, bunch of crazy dogs. I'll fun. say this. Now, Despite Greg's pot shot. I'm not nervous about a new season, but in spite of my favorite team's complete inability to compete this year, most likely, the Jets, I'm very excited about a new season. So week I still the best, have the joy. Best season of the uh, – best week of the year. I, I make this point every year, so I'm not going to keep saying it, but it's like you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what these teams are going to be like. Well, it's a so great way to you. pitch our preview show. That's right. None of us know what's going to happen. Nice news drop, too, by Tom Posey. We're, that was we're back in good standing. You know, little, I will say that that's – A little heat. Uh, Josh Facenda right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, football is played outside the United States. Just a hot, just a hot tip for you there, John. But well, I mean, that was probably recorded 45 I, years ago. I'm just saying, for people that think that was recorded currently, he's incorrect. It's totally multi, unfair to the legacy countries. of Facenda, though, because football was not being played elsewhere when he recorded that. Yeah. That's I my mean, take. To attack a guy that can't defend himself. The man's in the ground. It's a little low. Um. Yes. Circumstances. May, maybe I don't know. Maybe Erica will play it after the show. Uh, you could hear the the fight between Erica Tamposi, Loose Cannon, and Greg Rosenthal broke out right before the show. I loved it. 
Based largely on Greg being, I would say, slightly rude to Erica. I was going to say Greg oh, uh, being stop. Greg a little bit. <laughs> stop. He was a little bit disrespectful and, and Tamposi. And we didn't need to be told that this was going to happen. Right. Even though we hadn't seen it yet, you knew it was in her because she got the fire in her eyes. Yeah. She got that fire. Uh, she went right back. Of course. That's at, why uh, I feel comfortable with Erica you know, being myself, not around these delicate flowers uh, over here. Take everything well, I, personally. I don't know. Hashtag manners in terms of treating you know a fellow coworker. Yeah, there is an HR I, department in this building. Thank you for yeah. the support, guys. I, I talk to it. Greg a lot. That sometimes he doesn't realize the way he talks to people, the way it comes off. Erica put him right in line, so I enjoyed that. <laughs> all right, let's get to the games. And uh, yeah, all right, we mentioned the Jets. Let's knock it out. We're just going to go straight down the list uh, uh, that we have in front of us uh, in in accordance with. Oh yeah, the week one research notes. That is exciting. The research notes are back. In fact, it's a weekly end around feature this year. Every Wednesday, old Daddy Zeuser combs through uh, the research notes and, and, and shares some of his favorite tidbits in it. Check it out, NFL.com slash endaround. Now, the first game to talk about. Yeah, let's go to Western New York, guys, where the Jets and Bills – uh, to, to be clear, we are going left to right off of NFL.com. Don't don't honk at us that we started with the Jets. No, this, right. this, this is where we do this every week. We're taking care of business because we're starting with the two potentially worst teams in football. It could play out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, pot- potentially two teams clearly rebuilding. The Jets coming off a 5-11 and season. Last place finish in the AFC East. And now in a total rebuild, the Bills were a little later to the rebuild party. But now that effort is in full bloom for them. They went 7-9 and last year. It's the no Rex Bowl, and Rex Ryan, by the way, who coached these two teams, <laughs> uh, told uh, ESPN. Look what Rick, he's left in his uh, way. It's like yeah. I've left your team worse than when I got there, <laughs> Bowl. For what it's worth, he did an interview with Rich Cimini uh, of ESPN.com. He doesn't really seem to harbor ill will against the Jets. He clearly hates John Idzik, the Glacier, uh, but the Jets not so much. Uh, but he clearly is on bad terms with the Bills, who he believes uh, didn't give him a fair shake. I, you take that however you want and believe him or not. But anyway. No Rex, no hope for these teams. You can make the argument, Mark. What would be something to take away from this game if you were looking for something compelling about this matchup? I think this is a fascinating game for one reason, and it's, for me, we have spent hour upon hour on this show talking about New York's front office, what they're attempting to do. And if you want to spin it positively, it's going to be a tough year, but they are basically saying Enough with the four or five win seasons. We are going to rebuild from the ground up. You dumped a collection of players that accounted for 109 starts last year. And so this is almost a must-lose game for New York out of the gate. You have to lose this game <laughs> to show us, and I'm not saying that in a snarky way. I really am it not. It sounds like it because they're not trying to lose. I know that the coaches and players are not, but honestly, the problem with New York in terms of always missing on that quarterback in the draft is you've gone with these five, six win seasons. You have to get, you have to achieve your goal. When I look at the game itself, though, <laughs> outside of LaShawn McCoy. They've addressed that this offseason, by the way. They, they're they different than those other teams. In fact, they've stripped this down to the studs, and it could end with a Cleveland Browns-esque ending from 2016. It could. I just, they're, outside of LaShawn point. McCoy, I don't know when I'm watching these two offenses, who do you point to that you can count on to deliver on Sunday? I cannot find more than one or two people. It couldn't be a better matchup for the Jets and their defense, which might be not so bad. They look pretty good in the preseason. I know they've traded Sheldon Richardson since then. They are in love with this young safety group. That's something to get excited about. Jamal Adams looks like a stud, and Marcus May 
who was the second round pick, reportedly outplayed just about anyone, including Jamal Adams, including Jamal Adams yeah. in the preseason. So that's something to get excited about. And then you look at the the opposition. Tyrod Taylor was not 2016 Tyrod Taylor in practices. In the preseason, I would say they were the worst-looking offense, I would say, in the NFL, including the Jets. Uh, they really struggled. And so I think the Jets probably look at this matchup like, we got a shot. We got a shot to win this game, absolutely. Uh, who will win the game, uh, Mark? I think it's going to be very oh, weird, low-scoring, but I'm going to go. Should we pick games? We don't have to. Yeah, if, not, if we're yeah. feeling it. Going not everyone. Bills. Not yeah. everyone. Well, I'm just curious. For it. So you do have the Bills. I think the Jets are going to – Hang in this game, lose by three to seven points. That's my. I think. Yeah, I I agree. I think it'll be a close game. It's it's weird. Like no one's talked about Marcel Darius. He's been a disappointment, but he's there. Jerry Hughes. They still have some players, but their secondary, which we we thought of as one of the Bills' strengths last year, it's all gone. They got rid of everyone. I mean, they got rid of Darby. They got rid of. They even traded Kevin Kevon Seymour. That you know, this preseason surprised people. It's like a totally different second. Must lose game for the Jets. Is it a must lose game? Is that is that building going to be sold out? The Bills oh, Mafia yeah. is Buffalo? still represent. Oh, yeah, it's a great oh, yeah. fan base. Okay, Come great on. fan base. I mean, but at a certain point, this rebuild better work. Those those fans well, this, this have been waiting snuck up on, on Bills fans in the last month or two. They, they, like. they, it's a bigger game for them because you do not want to start out 0-1 with a home loss to the Jets. Right, exactly. All right, moving on. All right, let's talk about you – know, those are bad teams. Here's a good team, the Atlanta Falcons – uh, coming off, obviously, the worst Super Bowl loss in, of all time. But that shouldn't completely overshadow uh, how great they were last year, especially on offense. They opened up a new season in Chicago against the Bears. Uh, the Bears were dreadful last year, a 3-13 and team, which led to them getting uh, Mitch Trubisky. But we're not going to see Mitch, uh, Greg. We're going to see Mike Lennon. We are, and he's not playing with the stacked deck. He is throwing to... Kevin White, Deontay Thompson, who's bounced around the league without <laughs> really doing a lot, and who I believe um, their third receiver, Kendall Wright, probably their number one receiver. That's the worst receiving group in the league. So even if Mike Lennon plays well, it's like the ceiling's low. And I've been talking about how much I like this young Falcons defense, and this is a great first matchup for them to show, hey, we can, we can win some games for the team this year. We can be a little more balanced. I have been impressed with Chicago's front seven in their pass rush. I know the fourth preseason game means nothing, but there were a couple of frontline guys playing in that game, and they detonated Cleveland. They played well in other <laughs> weeks. And so I don't think the Bears are going to be some sort of raging hot mess, but I think you're in trouble in this game against a Falcons team that essentially returns its entire roster on offense from last season. What, what are we pointing to that would suggest that they're going to take a major step back? Because the defense, if anything, as Greg points out, is better. That's that's the the X factor, but and I didn't just that see they it. were the, just that they were so good that it's impossible to repeat, right? But you're right. right. But even if they take a step back, you still have so many proven production elements in that offense that I don't see how you suddenly you know you, you collapse on, in that division. They're not going to. It's a very busy week at NFL media. There's a lot. Everyone, it's a who's who. Everyone that is tied into this company uh, is around the campus right now. I had a nice conversation with someone that's in the know that has connections and and is plugged into the teams. and he not, would, not a name dropper. Won't say who it is. It's a deep source. That's why That's why I'm the ATN Media Insider, by the way. In fact, that's a bad job by you because I broke big news that I won't even share on this podcast. 
yesterday about devastating news over a text. I nearly got in a car accident when I wrote. Um, no, it's all coming together because I know who's in town. So, uh, anyway, I'm figuring out this, these sources. It, that is such a bad look, Greg, on you because you just <laughs> you see this Let's is my corner. You want my corner. My my point is the guy that that he said watch out for Tariq Cohen. That's just keep an eye on this guy. Jordan Howard is the number one guy. He was he ran very well last year, but apparently this guy is Look like great. Tariq Cohen looked awesome this in the is preseason. A, this is a Darren Sproles guy that yeah. is going to have a big impact uh, this season. They, so something they have to some get excited good young, about. Big time players. Leonard Floyd is someone. If you are looking for the longest of long shots to be in the mix for a defensive player of the year, I think they really believe he is a superstar level talent. We'll see if it shows up this year. All right, moving on. Oh, yeah. Justin Tucker's back, baby. That's why I'm so excited. Because Justin Tucker going to bang some field goals. The Ravens <laughs> travel to Cincinnati uh, to face the Bengals. The Ravens 8-8 eight and eight last year. Uh, Cincinnati a down season, a tough season, 6-9-1. and one. Uh, But, Greg, you and I have, uh, are, on the, uh, are on the same page with this. We just had a sandwich prop where Wes also believes uh, Cincinnati's returning to the playoffs. I think this is a good Bengals team, and I think we're going to see it immediately in this game. I think they're in a great position at home, uh, healthy, and getting the Ravens, frankly, at the right time because Joe Flacco is playing. Uh, I'm not going to say Joe Flacco's back injury was a fluco, but he is ready for week one. Uh, but is he going to be able to – is he going to be any good? I mean, They'll keep that going. Hey, Flacco ain't no fluco. He's got a Super Bowl MVP, but how's that back? That back was good enough to practice. It's – it's a huge jump for all these teams to jump up to 70 snaps. So if you're Joe Flacco or you're Brashad Perriman, who, by the way, missed all of uh, August before returning to practice, Danny Woodhead, who missed most of August, there's a lot of this offense that has not played together. So you're right. From a defensive standpoint, the Bengals have to be loving this week one matchup. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton has – he's really struggled against the Ravens more than almost any other team in the league, and they've had his number in the past, but – the reason to be excited about Cincinnati is I think Joe Mixon, you want to see a lot of him right away. He can kill you in the passing game, on the ground. John Ross, we're not going to see him this week, but he's already practicing again, so maybe next week. But that this offense has a lot to offer. I could see this being similar to Bill's Jets. Not a lot of touch that. Like I like the Bengals' offense long-term, but this Ravens' defense is coming into the season, I believe, guns blazing tons of depth just the type of team that can succeed in week one you don't need guys to play 60 70 snaps because okay. you got so many young players and i think they believe in their building that they can be one of the top two or three defenses in the league that's what they're gonna have to be do you old school it? i think they have a chance i really do i think they have a chance because i this is I a toss-up game for me i don't, I don't feel too yeah. i like the bengals because they're home but not by much i'll tell you what if the baltimore defense isn't very good this season it's going to be a long year. Agree. It needs to be old school right. defense carrying the day because even if Flacco does stay on the field this season, who first of all he's never been a dynamo uh, despite that one playoff run. He's a very he's coming off one of his worst seasons, right? Especially last year. He not a good offense last year. I I would like to have Joe Flacco as my quarterback, but to expect even if he was 100 percent healthy to act like oh Flacco's there, they're okay. This no, because going to struggle to no, because if we talk about Atlanta saying, well, listen, not a lot's changed. Not a lot has changed for Baltimore's offense either, and I don't like the ground game. And if they can't run the ball, what what they're going to get caught, caught in these bad passing situations? We'll you, see. You replace, you know, Steve Smith with Jeremy Macklin. You're not too exciting at running back. I'm with you. Um, all right, moving on. The all right, Mark, get excited because it's a new era for the Cleveland Browns, who. Uh, after last year's complete teardown and the 1-15, and 
the offseason spending and all the first-round picks. Now we get to see, are the Browns actually any better? And they get a test right away in their own building against their old nemesis, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, to ramp up the drama a little bit, there's a certain cornerback, Joe Hayden, that is now playing uh, for the, they call it the silver, no, they call it the, what do they call it? The black and gold. That's what they call it. You know, call it something else. Yeah. A famous Wiz Khalifa song in honor of yes, you know, the of Pittsburgh Steelers. Black and yellow, black and yellow. How come he went yellow? Oh, yeah, yellow? I guess he went yellow. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, but I think he it messed was. messed that up. It was about Pittsburgh sports, though. It was about the Steelers, but it, he, you got to go gold. Black and gold, black and gold. See, that would have been better. Yeah. That's exactly how Wiz Khalifa sounds, by the way. Yeah, this is our, you know, we've got some test research back. Yeah. They wanted us to reach out more to the young market. Yeah. This is yeah, yeah. this is it. Well, you've achieved that. It's like, guys, a few more hip-hop and R&B refs, and you're ready to go to the next level. Despite the fact that we're not going to allow you to sample any of that music on any of your shows So ever. we've just we just kind of correctly talked about a six-year-old uh, rap song. So we're on the right track. We're flying high. But will the Browns, a couple things, you know, I, I te- we were in texting about this Miles Garrett high ankle sprain. He's going to cost him a couple of weeks at least. Uh, and a high ankle sprain, uh, I'm not a doctor, but what that means is he tore some ligaments in his, in his lower leg. And so we don't know um, how long he'll really be out. But it, it was almost, I don't know, with the Browns, it just feels like it was, you were waiting for the other shoe to drop with this guy. At least I was because it was too good to be true how great he was looking. And now he's out of the picture. How frustrating for you, Mark? It is frustrating. At the same time, I think that you have to look at the season as not one where Cleveland's chasing a playoff spot. I want to see development. And Garrett will be back. I think Deshaun Kaiser makes the Cleveland Browns a much more interesting team to watch than they've been probably since I've worked here. And, and that, I mean, dating back to their 10-win season in 2007. I don't know if you could have asked for a more vicious matchup out of the gate outside of the outside of the Patriots or maybe you know the Packers or something You're at home though at least I don't well the here's the problem I mean this will change if they begin to win but Cleveland's home field advantage has meant very little and it's meant nothing against the Steelers Ben Roethlisberger has made mincemeat of Cleveland from the minute he hit it, the it, you're absolutely right not much home field tough matchup playing the Steelers that said if you're going to play the Steelers offense this might be the week to do it. This was one of those offenses that barely played in the preseason. I mean, barely. And that's not even counting Le'Veon Bell. Everyone's expected Mar- Martavis Bryant to be back like he was. We haven't seen that yet. You know, Roethlisberger, Brown, like, I f- could feel them having a bit of a rough start. Like, we've seen that offense have slumps uh, throughout different seasons. And Greg Williams' defense, I think they're kind of ready to go. If nothing else, yeah. they're going to be flying Well, that's what the makes the Garrett missing Garrett in this game specifically disappointing because it would have been great to see him make a play out of the gate. But Cleveland, you got they have to find a way to keep up if Pittsburgh does find the groove. There's easily the, – the Browns easily have seven or eight weeks before the defense tunes out Greg's, Greg Williams. So <laughs> right now we're in Greg gives nice, two years, needy, but okay. needy period uh, where he will get results out of this team. Uh, Mark – with the Deshaun Kaiser era here, over under time. Ready? Mm-hmm. Over under. True to whole season or just this game? Well, I think this game is going to be under territory in okay. many ways. Let's do a whole season. Ready? 3,400 passing yards. Under. 18 touchdowns. Under. Not by much. 19 interceptions. Over. Mm, that wouldn't be a great, fun season. 
I think I, I, I think his numbers will be better than you think because their offensive line is should be really good. We have to see it. Like this is a game where you could argue maybe their often who's which offensive line is better. Obviously Pittsburgh has done it before, but right. they they got a lot of money in that Browns offensive line and that could make Kaiser And that killed them last good. year, so that could was the right the right group to improve. But you know what's weird and I could kind of see it. I'm not going to predict it. I, I think we'll, we'll probably all take the Steelers. I don't know, Mark, but um, a scenario where Kaiser makes some plays and Greg's prediction about Pittsburgh's offense being a little rusty, the Browns steal a game at home, <laughs> and all of a sudden people are flying about the Cleveland Browns, and it's a week straight of saying how they figured it out. They turned around the ship. Um for one, not completely hmm. far-fetched to me. I, it's I, not totally far-fetched. They almost did it in the opener in 2014 after being down like 28 to something at for, halftime. For one second while you were making that, for instance, I saw Mark's just heart and face glow up in a way that I that I hadn't seen since when we visited Wes. You were very happy to see Wes. Just yeah. like a glow in I, Mark's well, face. I mean, honestly, the, the, the rivalry has not been a plugged-in real rivalry since I was probably in fifth or sixth grade. Kaiser, by the way, is the third youngest starting quarterback since 1970 in the NFL. He's 21 wow. years old. So we'll see how he handles this. That is a lot to put on a kid's plate. Um, good luck to the kid. Moving on, the Arizona Cardinals uh, travel to Detroit to face the Lions. Um, Greg, what is the real Lion team that we're going to see this year? It is the team in the back half of last season that was really one of the worst teams in the NFC or the first half when they were falling behind but had some moxie and comeback wins. Are the Lions going to be a pushover this year or a team that's going to be in the race like they were last year? I think closer to the team that was in the race because I think their offense will be solid. Their defense is nothing to get excited about, though. I, I, I guess if you're asking me which they're closer to, it's the second team because that defense – is not a playoff type of defense. You saw the Patriots really take advantage of their first-round pick, Jared Davis, in the preseason, and that, that got me thinking of David Johnson coming out of the backfield against this group. It, you know, Zeke, uh, Ziggy Ansah, rather, hasn't practiced. Like We haven't seen him on the field. I just think they're going to give up too many points. And, and David Johnson is a guy I'm watching in this game for a guy that could be one of the greats. I mean, we're talking all time. We'll see. He's got to have another season like he did a year ago, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did put up two back-to-back seasons that we've rarely seen out of running backs. I mean, they're going to give him the opportunity, that's for sure. On the other side, uh, yeah, with the the Cardinals, we talked about this throughout the second half last year, uh, how much better Carson Palmer looked. Uh, But when you looked at them from a statistical angle, big picture for the season, they were first in uh, yards per game on offense in 2015. They dropped all the way to ninth last year. Palmer might have looked better at the end of the year, but he's still a year older now. Uh, the wide receiver uh, group is a question mark. Johnson's amazing, obviously, but are, is anybody a little secretly worried that Arizona's offense is going to have problems this year? I think it could take them time to gel because John Brown has not really been able to be out there with the team. I thought, you know, Jerron Brown and, and J.J. Nelson did not really build great chemistry with Palmer in the preseason, but you know, Fitzgerald, I think he could have a big game in this big, big, big game this week because they, Darius Slade is not move around. He's not going to be covering Fitzgerald. They need to be a, a more balanced team. And they could have been last year. Their defense was, was a playoff defense. And I, I think Arians came out of training camp actually feeling better about their cornerbacks, which has long been a problem than, than he has in a long time. I think he likes that secondary. He likes the defense overall. You mentioned your boy, Kim Diche might be back on the field as early as this, Practiced. A, as early as this week. So I think 
they, they might not need to score 40 points. Honey Badger looks awesome. Oh, what is that? Oh. Oh, no. Kim DJ, Kim DJ, our hopes rest with you. Kim DJ, Kim DJ, you fell out that window, but now your window of opportunity is here. That was like an effect, very effective remix of the original yeah. that we heard for many seasons. Got to keep you. There are no a lot, rep- lot better are- than that Taylor Swift song you and Tim Posey are you know <laughs> talking about. Give we're me a break, in. Erica. We're in on that, right? I'm so in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Swifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. We're Swifty. we're Team Swift all the way. We're in the squad. All right, bro. Listen, if you just you guys are ready to take the next step as a podcast, now you got to start working in the pop references. Taylor Swift's hot right now. <laughs> Bring them up in your first preview show. That will get the kids. Box checked. Um. Anyway, I think the Lions win this game. Actually, interesting. I think it's a close game. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be. It could end up being another Matt Stafford comeback at the end, or it could be Carson Palmer needing to go down the field. But I think the Lions win a close one. I'm I'm looking forward to this game. If they get a sneaky game of the week potential, yeah, this could be a lot of fun. I'm taking the Cards though. I I'm going Cards. They're a playoff team. And before we before we move on, I just want to give you a little update about one of our favorite uh, prof- professional football players. And now, another edition of Keeping Up With Bowen. Wide receiver Moritz Boehringer, uh, the German product who landed with the Vikings last year. Uh, drafted, in fact. Correct? Very organic draft day event. Um, he didn't stick with Minnesota. Uh, but this, a direct report from Henry Hodgson, handsome Hank inside our own office, who works uh, with the a lot of the overseas players internationally, is another term people use. <laughs> uh, Henry reports... Uh, actually, let's go breaking on this. That the lines worked out, Maurice Boehringer, uh, this week. That's the start and end of it? It's a very casual use of breaking in terms of news you know, value and the fact it came out a, a day ago. The Lions <laughs> have worked out Mo Bre- Boehringer. And that was another edition of Keeping Up with Boehringer. I tried to explain. Henry gave me kind of a little bit of guff. Like, yeah, I know what you're trying to do with that. No, I, it's an interesting story, and we're tracking it. Where I thought, it, no, it was just pure you know, total respect and class. Well, and it's it's art is what it is. That song's delightful. <laughs> it's like the German Coldplay. If you ever – like, what would Coldplay sound like if uh, they were born and raised in Berlin? That, basically. That. Moving on. The Jacksonville Jaguars travel to – Houston to face the Texans, and uh, of course, Hurricane Harvey um, devastated Houston, but the good news is that um, it's moved out of the area, and, and Houston is trying to regain a sense of normalcy, and things it's a good sign that it, things are okay enough, at least, that they were able to say, we can have 80,000 people get together at NRG Stadium and, and play a football game, so that's what they're going to get, and to me... Greg, this is a great opponent uh, for you're going to have a 
Uh, it's going to be an emotional game for that city. J.J. Watt, who's now raised, I think, over $7 trillion in hurricane relief. Close. Nice job by Justin It is Gates. outrageous. I think it's over $30 million yeah. right now. Well, with, with what he started as a goal, it's incredible what he's done. 27 as of eight hours ago. That J.J. Watt is incredible. Um, but the emotional scene in Houston and now the Jaguars with Blake Bortles slash Chad Henney, a quarterback, feel like a perfect team to roll in there, and then the city of Houston perseveres with a bloodbath. <laughs> Am I crazy? I no. feel like this is, could be the blowout of the week. It, it's possible, but I tend to believe that both of these defenses should, and maybe the emotion changes this, but should be way ahead of both of these offenses. So – like the the Ravens game or the Bills game, this should be a game where the Jaguars defense is thinking, "What we get? We get Tom Savage. We get an offensive line that's missing Dwayne Brown. That's kind of been under the radar. They're Tom missing their Savage game. is real. Tom Savage is real. So is Dwayne Brown's holdout. He's not coming back anytime soon. Dwayne, what are you doing, bro? Uh, their their line is bad. <laughs> what are we doing? Their receiver group is thin enough that Bruce Ellington, who bounced around a couple teams this month, including the Jets. He jumps on that team, and he's kind of playing in the rotation. Like, they, they don't really have a number two receiver. So, I think the Jaguars' defense is thinking, we can shut this team down, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm with you. It reminds me a little bit of when the Saints came back to the Superdome, and just there is a lot of human energy attached to this, and this could be, if it got off well for the Texans, maybe you just ride into the sunset in this game. I Good am point. concerned, though, with Jacksonville. Defense is there. But this whole thing where Leonard Fournette is going to get the ball 8 billion times, by the way, defenses know that. And there's zero threat coming from Blake Bortles in the passing game. This could be an easy offense to diagnose and figure out week to week. And I I don't see good things for Jacksonville at all, no matter what's going on with defense. This is how I kind of imagine it playing out. Houston makes a big special teams play. Uh, Jacksonville, a lot of three and outs and as good as their defense is, they're going to be on the field yeah. too much and eventually they'll get worn down. And before you know it, I just, you know, 24, six, something. What like happens? That. You've convinced when, me. I'm now agreeing yeah, with you. Because what happens when JJ Watt, and this is going to happen on the first drive, drops Bortles for like a 14 yard sack in the place. Go, go, it's going mean, to go bananas. And, and it doesn't take much to turn a football. And game. Houston deserves a lot of credit for their crowd. Any year, yeah, or any game, I think it's one of the most underrated home crowd, uh, home field advantages in the league. They're an outstanding crowd, and it's the first game of my old buddy Mike Rabel as defensive coordinator. Nice. There's gonna, there might even be, we might have a Steve Gleason moment. Remember after Katrina, Absolutely. with the the punt block, it and, feels like that game. And that started a whole era of Saints football. I'm not saying that, that the Texans are poised for some type of run that ends up with the Super Bowl, but. Uh, that's the type of emotion that's going to be going on in that building, and all it will take is one big well, and play. And one last thing, and this is the Texans know better than anyone about this, but if you're the Jaguars and you live and reside in Jacksonville, Florida's getting hit with their own hurricane. You have that on your mind as well. Um, moving on, gentlemen, to the Oakland Raiders. What a season last year, uh, but a bittersweet season. They went 12-4, and which was not enough to win the division, and then to top it off, Derek Carr – who, and in addition to being uh, a great football player, is a God-fearing man and um, just a heck of a guy, as we know, because he came on our show. Well, I love that Derek Carr, Erica Timposi. Just love him. What a guy. I mean, what a dude. She makes you work for that bell. Sometimes. 
Sometimes. Um, anyway, so yeah, they got knocked out in the playoffs because they didn't have a quarterback. Now they get a fresh start with Marshawn Lynch, and they go to Tennessee to face the Titans. Mark, this has potential game of the week written all over at 1 p.m. Eastern start. Your thoughts? Absolutely does. And it's I can't think of another matchup where just a couple seasons ago this would have been a bottom three or four game mm. that someone would have been in our office stuck monitoring <laughs> to write up some sort of what we learned now. I think it was me. I think this is the third straight you. year I'm taking this game. Probably was this, you. Now it's good. What I want to see, because Oakland's defense, you know, yes, we've seen them struggle. I think they have issues, especially in the secondary and so does Tennessee come out – week one, Tennessee was one of the stories of the week because of the way that they are, that offense, which was made fun of, the exotic smash mouth, absolutely looked incredibly fun to watch, and they were powerful, and it showed you their vision. Do you go out and attack a team like the Raiders the same way this year? Because you have Marcus Mariota advancing as a passer. They've got more weapons in the passing game, not counting on Corey Davis much this year or this week, but you have a lot of other guys. Do you maybe try to get up and not just run the ball and shove it down Oakland's throat, but move it through the air as well? I, th- I think so. And this is a, a tough matchup for the Raiders, who are starting a fifth-round rookie, Markel Lee, at middle linebacker. The two linebackers next to him, uh, not a lot of great experience in the NFL, and this is a tough team to stop, not just in terms of the running game, which is linebacker responsibility, but the short passing game. That's what Marcus Mariota does better than anyway, and that's why I think this is a game where the Titans are kind of stealing the old Raiders' identity. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like it's like a face-off situation. Like, ooh, you were the you were the cool rising team Face before. Off. You've got the ooh cool third uh your quarterback coming out. Oh, no, that was now you're now you're old news. We're that team now. <laughs> We're taking your identity. I like, I like the fact that you know New England can be a Greg team. Greg just spilled another for, beverage, by the way. <laughs> Luckily, it did not go onto his computer for another electronics disaster for Greg. The Patriots, when they succeed, it lasts for 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 27 years. Oakland had a six-month stretch where they were flashy. And you're out. They're just not the cool new young actor. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. they've been there. Now I'm gonna be. Now I'm gonna get the Titans fans mad at me because I'm on their radar, which I enjoy. You show it to me this season. I don't want to hear it about your 9-7 and seven season and your special quarterback. To me, you're still the Titans until you win a big game and a big spot in your building against the 12-4 and four team. You're not the Titans anymore. Win this ball game, folks. I'll tell you what. Couldn't disagree <laughs> anymore with you. It's going to happen this week. The By Titans- the way, I didn't pick the, I didn't pick the Titans. Not I to, am picking the Titans. Not to on your transition. Oh, you know what, what I'm going to do? Oh, no. I'm locking it up! That was uh, oh. forget the Raiders. This is going to be Tennessee's march to the AFC Championship. Whoa! There it is. <laughs> this is Erica's first preview show. She's doing great. Always got to be ready, Erica, because when when one of us locks it up, it's it's a f- volcano. Yeah, all right? I it's one get of those that situations. On every page, because just to switch around really quick, you, you know, you caught me off guard there. Yeah, that might you be page one. Well, the combination material. lock on that vault changed over the offseason, so that took a little it time did, it to did. crack that. Yeah, we got it. The first lock of the season. Very interesting. So, yeah. Interesting. I, I, I'm going to – yeah, you know what? I will pick the Raiders. Show me Titans. Mm. You think you're so special this season? Please. You don't got Derek Carr. That guy is a good Christian and a good football player. Moving on. By the way, so is Marcus Mariota on both accounts. Yeah, exactly. You have no proof of that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now just slinging arrows at the man's character. You know, when you run your own business, boys. Mm. That's probably never going to happen. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Sorry. You know the time equals money. It's not just an old saying. Oh, yeah. 
It's a fact. So why waste valuable time dealing with issues that LegalZoom can help with? Oh, yeah. You may already know that over 2 million people have used LegalZoom to start their businesses, but LegalZoom's services don't end there. Running a business comes with taxes, contracts, hiring employees, basically a lot of fine print. That's why LegalZoom built a network of independent attorneys licensed. How many states, Mark? I'll give you a multiple choice. 12. A. That feels low. B. 37. Low. C. 9. D. 50. I'm, I, I don't know why you'd, you'd advertise the stat if it wasn't 50. These guys feel business savvy to me. I'm going 50. All 50 states, baby. They can provide the advice you need to get through the daily grind of running your business, and you don't have to worry about billable hours, which is substantial. Talk concern. about a headache, right? A headache avoided. Since LegalZoom isn't a law firm, instead, you can count on upfront pricing and clarity. That's what I look for. Look me in the eye like a man. Invest your time and money in growing your business and let LegalZoom help out with the legal stuff. For special savings, be sure to enter promo code NFL. In the referral box at checkout, that's le- that's promo code NFL for special savings only at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom. I think their message essentially is, hey, business guy, your life sucked. Now it's good. Thanks to us, LegalZoom.com. We got, I feel like at some point, one of us or all of us is going to need a very good lawyer. LegalZoom. Is that how it works? Moving well, on. it's sort of saying that we're replacing lawyers, so I don't, I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't need to get deeper into it. A little bit it, hazy. Yeah. I read the ad. Yeah. Moving on. The Philadelphia Eagles, 7-9 uh, last year with their rookie quarterback, Carson Wentz. Year two for Wentz begins uh, with a division matchup against the Washington Redskins. Coming off an 8-7-1, and one, Kirk Cousins uh, still, I mean, we're doing it again. He's in another prove-it year. Uh, I'll be at a proven year where he's making like $24 million. Nice little setup you got going there, buddy boy. Um, <laughs> but this will be a nice test right out of the gate, Mark. Uh, your thoughts? I I just couldn't have been less impressed with the Redskins over the course of the preseason. And maybe you just turn it on now. Uh, but there, Terrell Pryor brought in no overt chemistry with, with Cousins. The defense, to me, has been an issue under Jay Gruden from the very beginning. And one thing I watched with the Eagles was their defensive front looked as good as any teams in the league. And so how is Washington going to come in and have a balanced attack against this? I think Jim Schwartz is going to look be looked at as a coordinator of the year by the time this thing is over. And I don't know if Carson Wentz, you know, it's not all on him. Definitely a suspect end to his season last year. But I think Philadelphia takes this game. I, I think what you saw in the preseason was seen by a lot of people. The Eagles are favored in this game, surprisingly, yeah. on the road. A lot of disrespect for a Redskins team with winning records the last two seasons while the Eagles have been struggling. This is not necessarily an easy matchup for the, the Eagles' passing game. I heard I heard from someone. Oh, I'm, I'm going to call it a league source. Okay. That pointed out they thought maybe the Washington cornerback group, about as good as any cornerback group, in the in the league right now. Not a popular opinion, but if Brashad Breeland plays to his potential with Josh Norman, they've got a good underrated slot cornerback in Kendall Fuller, and then they drafted two guys who look pretty good in the preseason. It, they actually could have a nice secondary. We've been looking for this defense to have well, some sort of identity. Maybe it's there. The numbers paint an ugly picture about this defense yes. last year. They ranked 28th overall. 
32nd, last in the league on third down, getting off the field, and they were 30th in giving up big plays. So the secondary was a major issue last season, so they, they're going to need to get better on that front, and the offense is going to have to be just as good. It was They were a third-ranked offense last year. These new parts, Terrell Pryor, I mean, expecting for them to lock in with the amount of limited snaps Kirk Cousins is going to get. Uh, I'm not going to put too much stock into that, but he's going to have to hit the ground running, and, and they're going to have to make plays. Well, I mean, there are there are teams that looked completely in sync in the preseason, and there are that, that some that didn't. And I don't know how much to put in that either. But Cousins did not look like even a top twenty-five quarterback in in the preseason. Josh Dotson, we didn't really see. Alshon Jeffrey, there's been you know various reports about how well he's catching up on that offense. So that these are two teams that you you kind of don't know what you're going to get out of their mm. offenses going into the season. But I mean, honestly, though, even with the struggles in the preseason, would you be stunned if Kirk Cousins? No, not at all. Because, no, because this, well. because yeah. I was almost surprised by how poor they looked. Because this is a team that I thought last year had one of the more intriguing offenses in the entire and, NFL. And the Eagles, they got Darby, great move, but they did that because they were desperate because their cornerback situation was among the league's worst. They had to do that. So it's not like one guy is suddenly going to make them a great cornerback. Group. At least he he has like individually looked very good yeah. for them. So a, a different uh, offensive coordinator, a different situation entirely, but. Once upon a time, the same franchise pulled the ultimate preseason rope-a-dope with RG3 showing nothing in the preseason and then blowing everyone away. That's what Redskins fans are hoping, that they'll see that real offense in week one. It's the it's the Wade Phillips curse. The minute that Jay Gruden thought that he was so great he could not hire Wade Phillips for defensive coordinator and bring in one of his old buddies who no longer is even there. How good were the that, Redskins have been? That has been on Greg's radar. How good? Uh, well, because if you – if in Wade Phillips' book, if you – if you read it, it's like Jay Gruden sort of was disrespectful. Like in the interview, he had him like watch a bunch of like tape where Gruden handed him his lunch and then just never talked to him again. Give weird. Me a break. Uh, moving on. Very weird. The Indianapolis Colts without Andrew Luck out at least week one and perhaps several more weeks beyond that. Travel to Los Angeles to face the Rams. OK, boys. There is buzz that the Rams are going to be a better team this year. Uh, and I, I feel they'll be better. Do I think they're going to become a Cinderella story in the NFL? Maybe I'm not going to go that far, but I think they West have a good does. I think they have a good – that's true. They have a good chance – and hold that thought. They have a good chance to me to double their win total, which would make them a 500 team this season, and I think it gets off a to, uh, to a great start. You cannot ask for a better situation for a Rams team really trying to – get the city excited after what was a difficult first season back in L.A. You get the Colts coming to your building with Scott Tolzien at quarterback. And let me say something about this. If you're looking, if you're playing knockout pools, uh, if, if you are just someone that likes to head out to the desert, my advice to you is get behind the team playing against Scott Tolzien as long as this lasts. And that's why. And you don't see this typically, but that's why I'm looking at a 4-12 and 12 team, and you know what I'm going to do? Oh, no. I'm going to. Oh, and he's not going to. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Wesley. I'm locking this one up. Let's go, Rams. Wow. I was going to lock it up, too, but now I don't want to. I'm going to push it to another game. I don't like to double lock it up on the same game, but I love the, Glory boy. I love the thought behind it because I, I just like 
Robert Quinn being unleashed. We haven't really seen this defense. They they sat seven of their best starters in the third third preseason game, which is an odd move. But Sean McVay's got to be licking his chops because it's not just a great matchup against Scott Tolzien. It's a great matchup against Avante Davis-less mm. defense. I, I know they like their defensive line. They say this is the best-looking defensive line they've had in a few years. Well, that's damning with faint praise. This is a, a, a league-average defensive line, I would say. And overall, the talent and the continuity, it's just not there for Indianapolis. I think they're one of the worst teams in the league, and, and I'm with you. Dave. Yeah, if there's, a, if there's a week where you don't have Aaron Donald and you're going to get him back potentially next week if they can solve that, who knows, this would be the week because I, I just don't see how the Colts get anything done against the Rams. And I, I do think that you have you have Sammy Watkins and Cooper Cup against cornerbacks for Sean Melvin, Quincy Wilson. I just the, the Colts don't have a strength in this game. It's a bad sign when the Colts – put their depth chart out and the reporters thought it was a typo because they had made so many changes on their offensive line that they had never actually done in practice. All right, let's move on. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, is it the first late game we're going to talk about? No, it's not. Uh, but it is the 425 Fox game. The Seattle Seahawks traveling to Green Bay to face the Packers. Gentlemen, um, in the aforementioned um, research guide post that I'm writing this week, I wrote about Aaron Rodgers this week because in the research guide, he has looked great against the pack against the Seattle Seahawks in their last two matchups, both at Lambeau, where the game is again. Uh, but is important caveats here is that Cam Chancellor missed that first matchup. Earl Thomas missed the one last year, which was a, a blowout in December. Uh, now you have a fully stacked defense for Seattle, and prior to uh, those two games, Rodgers had uh, fared poorly against the Legion of Boom. Uh, do you see that happening in this game, Greg? I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers and the offense are set up well to play well, and this is the, the best. Really, these next two big NFC games we're talking about are the two best offenses in the NFC, Green Bay and Dallas, who are going up against the two best defenses in the NFC, Seattle and the Giants. So I think it's strength on strength. They'll both do well, and I think it's Seattle – Really, really would love to get this win because it's it's another week one game. This keeps happening they with keep them, hitting them against that. The, yeah, that you feel like is going to make a big difference late in the season in terms of seeding. Couldn't agree more. I mean, eight Pro Bowlers on Seattle's defense, and when you look at like the next gen stats for how teams attack Seattle when Earl Thomas specifically was not on the field. It's just a vast difference, and so you've got a healthy defense. You've also got Russell Wilson, who they're. They're finally acknowledging basically that all of last season is so attributable to his injuries. He looks better than ever. He lost weight. He looks extremely athletic. And I think that Russell Wilson's you know going to put together a fantastic season I for mean, them. The Patriots get a lot of credit for beating the free agency system. These two teams have been in the divisional round of the playoffs in the NFC six out of seven years each. So this, these are the teams every year. And I look at the NFC again, and these are the two teams that I, that I like. And, yeah, I think Russell Wilson's my pick for MVP, uh, and that's why I think they're going to go so d – I would be really surprised if this team is not playing is in the final eight uh, teams in the NFL this season. And I could go out on a limb and say I would be surprised if they're not in the NFC title game. That's how much I like Seattle with this offense looking like it's ready to take the next step and this defense, which could be back to 2012. I do want to see how levels. Seattle you know, handles the, the running back committee and also with Green Bay. I mean, Ty Montgomery – I. I I don't I don't know if I fully trust that yet as your your plug and play running back week to week. No, they're not going to rely on the running game, but 
this isn't going to be a Percy Harvin situation. They know what to do with defensive players. And the options that they have in terms of how they can line up Sheldon Richardson, who can play inside it out. Michael Bennett, who can play inside it out. Frank Clark, who can move around. Cliff Avril. It's like Pete Carroll, I trust him to Stuck. figure that out. And this is a great matchup against a very good offensive line. But you got to trust the Seahawks defense. Um one one other thing to note about this game that the Seattle Seahawks are now also part of a, a greater national story that has nothing to do with this game. Michael Bennett uh, was at the uh, big fight in Vegas last week, and there was a incident uh, where there was a, a understanding or a belief that there were gunshots at a club. He went running out of the club, got tackled by a police officer, and cuffed and, and held against his will. He he called it racial profiling. Uh, a lot of support from around the league, players getting behind Bennett and people in general, and the NFL even went as far, Greg. A, a releasing a statement on the matter, which just shows you, uh, tells you a lot of things, but really just what's going on in this country right now, how things, are, there's so much uh, tension right now in this country, and this is kind of a microcosm of that. The, the statement from Roger Goodell surprised me, partly because, you know, when Colin Kaepernick started his protest last year, there really wasn't a statement from the NFL, not against or in support. They kind of were letting it play out, and now I think that the, the police – they kind of messed with the wrong, you know, there's video of it. They messed with the wrong guy here because Michael Bennett was eloquent and emotional and and has really strong beliefs. And it's like they, they messed with the guy, like the wrong person in this case, and you give him a lot of credit for coming forward. And our country is in a completely different place than when Colin Kaepernick began that. I, I just think that it's all reaching ahead at this point. It's a great point. Bennett literally is the guy if you – uh, didn't want someone to be getting on you and making these statements. Like he is the voice, he has the platform, and he's always been kind of plugged in and woke, as the kids say. That was the other thing I was told to say, Greg. I said if you use slang terminology that millennials use, you'll go up two points in your market. Are there more pop culture references coming the up game, between now and the end of the show? The game is gonna be lit. That see now see now lit was on my list of words that are out. That's true. Let's keep Let moving. Had its day. Uh, let's keep moving. The Carolina Panthers uh, travel to San Francisco to face the 49ers. 49ers were dreadful last season, 2-14, and 14, but they have a new regime in town uh, led by John Lynch, of course, and Kyle Shanahan, and a lot of people think they're ready to improve. The thing that I'm most excited to see, Mark, and we're going to find out pretty quick, does Cam Newton look like Cam Newton after his shoulder surgery? We don't know. We don't know. They don't know. I mean, Ron Rivera's made it very clear he doesn't know. They do feel like that he's looked better and better in practice, doesn't look limited in any way. You've got Christian McCaffrey on that team now. I think that's going to be a player that everyone's watching, you know, from beginning to end on Sunday. I'm picking the Niners as my upset of the week. Woo! Is that a new segment too? I don't know. It feels like something <laughs> oh! shotgunned out of the 1980s. Your, but You got the Niners taking down the Panthers. Okay, that's an upset. Because it is an upset. As, uh, people are excited, Greg, about the Niners being an improved team this year, but knocking off the Panthers, that would be a nice think, little statement. I think that would be a, a huge upset, and the 49ers are going to be dramatically better, and they would prove to me offensively – that they are really different if they can move the ball against this Panthers defense. I think people are kind of sleeping on this Panthers defense. They weren't even in the top 20 in the league last year, but if you look at the depth of the defensive end and the pass rushers and the line, and then you got Keekley and Davis, and they love James Bradbury. They like Daryl Worley at cornerback. Like this, this is a sneaky upset pick for the best defense in the league. I don't think it is, but if you're looking for one that's not mentioned among the top three or four, usually the Panthers could be in that group. I think it's going to be hard for the 49ers to two, score. Two things on the Panthers' side also that 
First of all, I'm excited to see what kind of impact Christian McCaffrey has as his first game. You kind of get the feeling he's going to be immediately a big part of that offense. We'll find out. Is he a 20-touch a, a game guy right out of the gate? And uh, more like kind of fingers crossed, you want to hope that Luke Keekley, uh both this week and through the season is going to be okay because of the scary mm. uh, head injury-related things that, that are going on in his past. This is one of the best linebackers in the league. Uh, and you just hope he's able to make it through this game in this season. And he's going up against a guy who reminds me a little of him, Reuben Foster of the 49ers, uh, who has that same sort of range and, and just like love of the game that you can just fly, it just jumps off the screen. Yeah, the Niners' defense is stacked. I think that you're watching Brian Hoyer in the preseason. You see that he, again, works in Shanahan's system. And he did in Cleveland for a stretch, and he does now. But every seventh or eighth throw, there's always he's going to give you two throws a game that are disastrous. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Sunday Night Football, baby. The New York Giants uh, travel to Dallas to face the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys went 13-3 and last year. Uh, I don't think this has probably ever happened. They, went, they had uh, three losses, two to the same team. Uh, the Giants beat them twice last season, uh, and now they get them again. And, you know, I really I – th- I think this is a close game, Greg. I think this is going to be – I know this room sometimes gets down on how many Giants Cowboys games there are in prime well, time. Well, especially in Week One, we've seen this Week One I know, game enough. Yeah, but it's always over and over. But you know what? I, at the end of the day, are they good games? Fun to watch? They almost always are. And I expect another close game. But I really want to make sure before I say, "Oh, the Giants have a chance to win this game." Is Odell Beckham playing? Because he hasn't practiced as of this podcast. He doesn't know. And it's an ankle injury, and and it's a guy whose game is predicated on speed and quickness. If Beckham's not involved, I think the Cowboys take care of business, especially with Zeke Elliott playing, which he will. The six-game suspension has been upheld on appeal, but uh, through the the nature of the proceedings, and the story is not over yet. Uh, but for now, he gets to play in Week One. It, it's an incredible matchup. To, this Giants defense is talented enough to keep this game close, whether they have Odell Beckham on the field or not. This is a more fun. Giants team to watch than I can remember in a long time because of that defense, because of JPP, because of Vernon, because of the secondary, and because I think Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram are going to do some things offensively. So I, this isn't the same Giants team as the past, not the same matchup. Like this is about as good as it can get for a week one game. That's what I'm out. You know, it's tough. We taped some of the podcast during Sunday Night Football. I don't. I don't know. This is one version of Giants Cowboys. Greg's that, pumping his fist. He's well, all excited. Game I don't want to miss it. Game pass. I, Giants Cowboys to me this time around. I I am excited for this one, and I I think that you look at what happened last year. It's not a fluke. Like the, the New York, Janoris Jenkins a fluke, shut though? down Des Bryant. It's not a fluke. Could be a, fluke, a new though. could be a new Des Bryant though, or d- uh, better. Des, Des Bryant, Bryant looks different, but I mean I don't. I think the Cowboys are in a weird situation. You have Elliott this week, and then you don't know what's going to happen next week or what's going to happen in general. I just I I think Dallas like going thirteen and three again is not going to happen. Something I wrote about this week. On the old uh, QB index, NFL.com slash QB index. That is a little old, yeah. The, the, Dak, the Dak Prescott buzz is surprisingly low because Ezekiel Elliott's the biggest story. It's just overshadowing and, everything. But, and every time you mention Dak Prescott, you mention, well, you know, the offensive line. You know, oh, well, the, you know, Zeke Elliott. It's like, no. He, he had literally the greatest rookie quarterback season in NFL history. There's not even any comparison statistically. Dan Marino, if you adjust for the time, okay, that that's in the mix. But in terms of stats, it was the best. He did some next-level stuff. He scored 18 fourth-quarter points going toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers. This guy, if he steps up, could be right there among the best quarterbacks in the league. And so that can make up for Zeke Elliott. Like, I want to see 
is this Dak Prescott going to take it to another level? And this is about as tough a matchup as you're going to get. So Darren McFadden looked great in the preseason. And when Dak was on the field, he was lights out. Greg, is Dak Prescott an MVP sleeper poop? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, moving on. So we're excited about this game. And now the two Monday night games. This is the best Monday night doubleheader ever, in my opinion. Uh, Whoa, slow down. Hey, listen, let's calm down. Like, there's been so many great options through the years. We've got, like, the 49ers and Chris Berman the last six years. It's true. There's been some... (laughs) No Chris Berman this year, folks. There's been some dark days of the Raiders once. Yes, exactly. They didn't treat that that second game seriously. second one is is great. Both of these games, I think, are going to be competitive, good games. The first one, the Saints at the Vikings. The Vikings are tough in their building. They had the third-ranked defense in football last year. Well, what happens, folks, when a team in its building with a good defense faces the Saints? Uh, football's best offense statistically last year. I like it a strength against strength matchup, uh, and I, I like the Vikings' chances. To be quite mm. honest with you, your thoughts? Hmm. I, I I'm going Saints in this game. I I just am not impressed with anything I saw from the Vikings. Their offensive line looked like a complete liability. And New Orleans, which I think it's easy for just assume that New Orleans is going to roll out another stink bomb defense. They actually look pretty improved on defense, and I six and zero for the Vikings. That start last year feels about a million years away. This is it's it's going to be tough. You're you're on the road. You're playing five rookies in significant roles. Four of them starters, including their left tackle Ryan Ramchuk, who's who's stepping in for an All Pro right now. You've got Alvin Kamara. People are wondering what are they going to do with Willie Sneed suspended. Not a, a topic we've talked about on this show, but he's a valuable player. I think Kamara ends up being. Uh, they're slot guy in move some way. They yeah. move him out there with Peterson in the backfield. And Mike Zimmer, there's just been a bad vibe about this Vikings team. He hasn't been happy about the, the depth of their secondary and the defense. And you know, he, I just not really feeling the Vikings, whereas I'm feeling this Saints team. And that's why th- this isn't the same Saints defense, Dan. And that's, I, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this yet. Because I am I think feeling I do. it. And even though it's on the road in Minnesota and you got your beautiful sunlight coming in. Oh, that's great. We're going to have the Super Bowl there. Well, well your home night, team's not going to be in that Super Bowl. Because you're starting out 0-1 because I'm going to lock it up. <laughs> See, now Erica's got it. She, It's the tone, the inflection, the build of it. That's when you know you hover it over the, the vault. All right, Greg locked it up. Uh, a road lockup. Adrian road underdog. Two touchdowns you know, Adrian A road underdog lockup. Do you, here's, here's the thing. It's a, it's a gutsy lockup. The onions are hanging. Uh, but part of it. You blocked me as the always, Rams, too. As always, Greg, your excitement about the Saints is, is <laughs> definitely tied to, and we all have it, there's nostalgia within us. The, this longing to go back to a more innocent time before kids, before wife, before the bills and responsibilities <laughs> when you were just free and you, you were boozing mm. and you were going to the clubs. It was a lot of things. It was Dirty South rap and you were hanging out with your best friend who would go on to become a famous comedian. And it was just you and your boy, Tony Jeselnik, just friends hanging out at Tulane. Uh, you want to go to the mess hall? Sure. After that, maybe we'll go to the gym, get a run in. Yeah, great times. Uh-oh, another party. Uh-oh, Saints football. Tulane slaughter. Like, that's that's a lot of your Saints love is that need to go back in time, which is understandable. Well, I can tell you there was not a lot of <laughs> wow. there was not a lot of innocence. There was no innocence. It's a lot more innocent now. I brought the kids to, you know, kindergarten and preschool. That's innocent. There wasn't a lot of mess hall and there definitely wasn't a lot of going to the gym. <laughs> mess halls. Greg once claimed that he's never been to a gym. Correct, right? You said I mean, you've never been to a gym. I've never I've never lifted weights. All right, so yeah, I've been at a gym. I've never gone and worked out at a gym like that. 
Finally, uh, the final game of the week. It is a 10:20 p.m. Eastern start. Uh, Keith Hansis is retired now, so maybe he'll he'll stay up for it. But that's a tough ask for everyone on the East Coast uh, for a game that's going to end at, at, at like 1:30 in the morning. But that's the way the schedule is in Week One. Uh, no one's ever explained to me why we do this, but it's just the way it's done. So the Chargers <laughs> go to Denver to face the Broncos. And by the way, Keith Hansis will be back in Week One, sharing his thoughts about the opener. So. He's going to be doing the Lord's work this this season. I mean. <laughs> yes, he will. Um, okay, let's talk about this game, Mark Sessler. The Chargers are your Super Bowl pick in the AFC, so I assume you believe they'll get off to a hot start on the road at Mile High. Actually, I, what I picked them to do was to get into the playoffs as the AFC's second wild card and have a sort of a Cinderella trip from there to the Super Bowl. I don't see them winning this game. I think it's. I think when we when we've discussed this before on an NFL Network show that this idea that Denver at home, one of the toughest places to play, is going to lay down, drop an egg in this opener. I don't see it happening. I think Denver is going to take care of Phillip Rivers this week because Phillip Rivers has struggled against the Broncos more than any other team in the league. Mm. Had some moments last year against them, and it's a really good strength-on-strength matchup. If you think about the skill position guys of the Chargers, which we talked about, all right, Tyrell Williams. All right, Keenan Allen. All right, Hunter Henry. Let's let's do it against the best three cornerbacks, you know, maybe the best secondary in the league. That's about as prime time a matchup as you're going to have. Um, I will share this nugget, Mark, um, that, you know, people, oh, one game, no big deal. You, know, you get off in week one, you win, you lose, you're fine either way. History doesn't tell us that, folks. You get off to a 1-0 start, you have a 53% chance of making the playoffs. You lose that first game, Mark. 75% chance you're dead. And that's your Super Bowl team. So I just want you to like think about that. 24.9% of the teams that lose week one don't go to the playoffs in the last 27 seasons of the NFL. I'm confident that they will write their own story. Did you pick them to beat the Giants? No. Okay. So I was going to say... 41-38 to 38 overtime loss, double overtime loss in the longest game in NFL history. Uh, because... <laughs> the guy is drunk! If you go, if you start 0-1, you have a 1.7% chance of winning the Super Bowl. How about when the Cowboys started 0-2 with no Emmett Smith and they won the Super Bowl? I mean, listen. Patriots te- started 0-2 and, and yeah, won the Super good Bowl. Good teams figure it out. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram against that Broncos offensive line is trouble. Yeah. And that is, that is one reason I like the Chargers to go on the road and go win this. This is where the, the sentimental journey mm. that Mark is on, that I'm on, that everyone should be joining. The Phillip Rivers final ride, like – Let's get him a ring ride. It's starting now. All right, how about my sentimental journey? I love the city of San Diego. And I don't want the first game where they don't get to have a team representing the league, the, you know, having an NFL representative anymore to be some, you know, glory boy win up at mile high <laughs> against a, a longtime rival. That's why I'm picking the Broncos because I'm thinking about you, people of San Diego. So you, you've already <laughs> veered away from what you did on our NFL Network presentation of this game. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember that one. I'm pulling I, a I remember it. Did I pick the Chargers on You TV? absolutely did, and then buried me for <laughs> suggesting otherwise. So you've got all bases covered. It, it is tough to it's go. It's a flip th- of the coin game, in my opinion. Yeah. Week one, Casey Hayward was talking about this on the radio with our guy, Matt Money-Smith. Week one, playing in mile high, 70 snaps out of nowhere. That's a tough week one assignment in general to play that right. many snaps. And to go to Denver, that's tough. All right. That's it for the week one preview. Before we go, real quick, we're going to go around the horn. Oh, it is forgot our, about this. It is our fifth season together, boys. Um and now we're going to lean on our wisdom of being plugged into the league as long as we have now and share one big thought as we enter 2017. Mark, get us going. 
I need to see total uprising in the AFC this year. <laughs> a complete change. I feel like since we've been doing this show and for years previous to that, it is the same. This is league-wide, but I'm focusing especially on the AFC. It's the same handful of teams, insert one surprise team every season, and I am exhausted with the concept of the assumption and the knowledge that this thing just goes right to New England in the AFC Championship. I want to see a season that is different with young teams that had already begun their team-building process like Oakland and Tennessee absolutely paying off on some of that. And I want to see Tennessee host the AFC Championship game, a game with no New England Patriots team involved. Well, you know what? How long long does the same cookie-cutter scenario need to repeat itself? It becomes need, tiresome. It's healthy for the NFL to see some new teams rise up. NFC is similar, now. too. We I mean, this, yes. They've need, had new teams in the Super Bowl, but they have the same teams otherwise. Same group year after year. We need what the Patriots were a long, long time ago in 2001. Uh, that type of season, a team to rise up out of nowhere. I like it, Mark. Tamposi, while, while I uh, went off on that little jag set, I'm going to mute your mic. <laughs> <laughs> She's excited about the season. Uh, my one big thought, boys. Um, here it is. I even prepared it. I All right. My phone. So, running a franchise comes with responsibility. All right, boys. I'm saying boys a lot today. I don't know what that is. Slightly condescending. And yesterday. And yesterday. And so the greatest fundamental failure you could, you could have is to steal hope from your fan base to just remove it from the equation. You know, and the Jets have had 12, 10 plus lost seasons since 1989. That's kind of when I started following the team. So I'm used to disappointment. And the the Giants have been to four Super Bowls and won three in that time. The Patriots have been to what, Greg? Eight since 89 and won five. So I've seen other teams close to the Jets thrive. And that's always been disappointing. So, you know, but chronic disappointment is one thing. Hopelessness. And that's where... Uh, the Jets are right now. That's where the 49ers were last year. The the Browns, as they were beginning that rebuild, that 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 kills me. The Jim Tomsula, Chip Kelly, Niners, like, ugh. <laughs> and the whole thing is you want to avoid. One of the jobs, I think, of a front office and, and ownership is you want to avoid at all costs ever putting your fan base in the situation where it's week one and you're just like, ugh. Checked out already. You almost It's almost as important to avoid putting your fans in that position as it is to really win a Lombardi. You just want to give the fans something. So this is just my, my big thought. You never want a, to be a, a New York Jets fan right now. You never want any franchise to ha- and fan base have to go through this type of season because that means you did something very wrong, and frankly, it's not fair. It's, it's antithetical to what the NFL is. I think one of the reasons the NFL has done so well over the years is is that more than any other sport, certainly more than like our British listeners who follow the Premier League and all that, it's like every team does feel like you have a chance. That's what they tried to build this league into. That's why right. they share the revenue and everything. And, and when some teams slip through the cracks. Yeah, it's a slip through the cracks season. Do I, not be a team that slips through the cracks. I talked with someone last year for a story about team building, a league source, and he basically said, look, if you don't see major results by the end of year two of any specific rebuild, it's not the right rebuild. Now, there are examples against that, but he's typically right. And so if you're the Jets, this needs to take hold very soon after this well, season. Because it it's, can't be endless dark night of the soul material. And that's it's for the Jets, it's year one of the rebuild in year three of the regime, which is very unusual, but that's the type of stuff the Jets do. Finally, Greg, <laughs> the floor is yours. My, my final thought, as we one en- big thought. One big thought yeah. as we enter this season is I am so excited for football to be started, but 
in my heart, I, it is tempered a little bit, and it's because we're not whole as a podcast yet. Chris Wesseling has not been with us, and I am so – like our, our podcast is not as good without Chris Wesseling. We, we all know that. Like he is such a big, big part of it and such a big part of my football – life in general, football work experience from Roto World to here. And the great thing is he's through the, the worst of it. You guys, I believe you guys are going to go watch the game. We with are going to hang out with him in the Paramore, which is cool. Like it's all, it's all good that he's passed past the worst of it, but I'll feel like this season is fully a hundred percent whole and started when, when Wes is in here telling me I'm an idiot about something and we're previewing the games with him. So, you know, we, we miss him as this season starts. And, and the good thing is he will be back. He'll be back before we know it. Preach, preach. Very. Yep. We can't wait for Wes's return, and I hope it's sooner rather than later. Okay. The next time you hear from us, it will be, and how exciting is this, the flagship show on Sunday night. Uh, we'll tape it after after the game, and it'll go up, uh, you know, hour or so after we finish up, and uh, that will go on for the entire season. Twenty-three weeks, I think it is, Mark. All told, long time, lots of football. <laughs> Twenty-three weeks ahead of us, uh, Mark. Just like get fired grind, up, baby. I am ready this time. What did RG three say? It's about. It's not the grind. It's the find. Well, do are we closing out on that quote? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't forgotten about you, RG three. Wherever you are, this is Dan Hansa signing off for the Quiet Storm. Uh, and pepper spray, and of course, Erica behind the glass. She's firing. Till Sunday, it's football time! Oh, Greg with the she Let's go. thing. Let's go. What is. You gotta so, go. Greg, sometimes with his words, I don't think he even realizes it sometimes. Hey. Okay, so don't, if you're gonna give me attitude, don't you pull, can don't pull them. You want to download the? I what do you, you want don't, me to do? Don't pull them. Then you're gonna look at me like I'm again. an idiot when I'm not playing the drop that you want. Don't don't uh <laughs> don't. What's the baby phrase? I'm just leave me out of this. It, it's your phrase. I apologize to Erica. Said this happens sometimes, but it's important to have it in the show. And I understood. I put her in a tougher spot. You got into a separate situation with Erica. No. As far as I'm concerned. What did I do? Yeah. I'm not in any situation. You called her she, and then she I came after I just said she, let's get going. I'm right, in the clear. Start. Mark's I'm totally in the clear. I'm in the clear. Per usual. We're ready to go. Well, well, lying in the weeds. What is this? It's called manners. I never get the baby. Don't tell me about the baby. It's called, ma- called manners. Uh, it is, don't tell me about the labor. Show me the baby. All right. We ready? Yeah. Greg, but- are you ready? Oh! I've been ready. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag. See, Greg, this is is good for you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.